Welcome to The Point Podcast. At The Point, we point high school students to Jesus because we believe that Jesus is better than anything else that this world has to offer. We hope that this podcast is an encouragement to you in your walk with Christ, but that it does not replace the time you're already spending with the Lord. Thanks so much for listening, and here's our awesome high school youth pastor, my husband, Justin Kinley. So I think uh, the hardest thing about me doing these podcasts is I get to certain chapters of the Bible that I love so much, and I hate only talking about it for just um, a few minutes. And Exodus chapter 15 is one of those passages for me because, in my opinion, in reading the Bible, Exodus chapter 15 provides an incredible blueprint for why we should worship. Um, It provides an incredible reason for the purpose. uh, And and I say worship, and when I say worship here, I'm specifically meaning worshiping the Lord through something. Right. I mean, as Christians, we know that Romans 12 says we present our bodies as living sacrifices, that that is our spiritual act of worship. And so um, I'm not talking about worship in the way that we live our life. I'm talking about the specific aspect of worshiping God through the way that we sing. And Exodus chapter 15 is a great example of just the reason why we worship. And really what we see is simply in light of understanding Exodus 15 and reading it is we simply worship the Lord because of the fact that he delivers us, because of the fact that he saves us. And so we sing praise to God in light of salvation that we have received from God. And that is exactly what is happening here with these um, Israelite people. Literally in chapter 14, the Red Sea is split. And the first thing they do when they look back and see their enemies on the shore, when they see that God has ultimately delivered them, the first thing they do in Exodus chapter 15 is they lift up a song to the Lord, right? And so there's kind of three, I can't encourage you enough to read this song today because it's so beautiful, Um, but there's kind of three things that I think we can see uh, as kind of components of this song. Uh, The first thing that they sing about is they really just kind of recount what God specifically did. Um, They say the horse and rider has been thrown into the sea. Pharaoh's chariots and his host he cast into the sea. Um, It says that the blast of your nostrils waters piled up. The floods stood up in a heap and the sea covered them. The song is literally singing about what God did. And that's why um, I I know as I'm recording this, I know tomorrow night we are about to sing uh, Risen King and we're going to sing Hallelujah for the Cross. And I love singing songs like that because we are explicitly singing about what God did for us in the death and resurrection of his son. And that's exactly what they're worshiping and singing about here is they're singing specifically about what God did in splitting the Red Sea. So the second thing that they do that I think is amazing in this song, in this song that they sing is that they acknowledge that there is simply no one like their God. In verses 11 through 13, they just simply say, who is like you, Lord? And, and that's so fitting after all the plagues like we talked about. Because remember, God is showing off in an amazing way, basically saying this very thing that, that you've seen all these other cultures and all these other people worship these quote-unquote gods, but he says they are nothing compared to me. They're, they're nowhere near as powerful I am. They're nowhere near as great as I am. He, he says there's simply no one like me, and they recognize that in this song. And then the third thing I, I love, they kind of conclude the song in a weird way. They say this. They, they start talking in verses 14 through 18. They're singing about how other nations, not just Egypt, is hearing and trembling about what God is doing. So God is not just showing off here for the Egyptians, but other nations are hearing about this and remembering who God is and, and learning about how great and powerful this God of the Israelites is. And, and remember, so God is not just um, saving his people here. 
to come out of Egypt and then just kind of chill and just be a people. But if you remember in light of Genesis 12, God is bringing the people into a land for them to inhabit. He promised Abraham, you're going to have a land which you possess and a land in which you dwell. And God is bringing the people into this promised land. But there are currently other nations inhabiting that land. So the people in the book of Joshua are going to have to go on a conquest to take the land that God has already given them. And so this is so significant because here they're singing that these other nations have already heard about what God has done. They've already heard about how God has shown off in Egypt. And I I tell you what I never noticed until I read this and really thought through is what's so cool about this is the people are going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, right? If they're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years, um, and then they're actually going to go approach the plains of Jericho. And what's amazing is when they get to Jericho, you have this woman, a prostitute actually named Rahab. And Rahab recounts to the Israelite spies what all God did in Egypt. That was 40 plus years ago. That was 40 plus years had passed between Egypt and then. And yet this Rahab person still knows. And you can assume that other Jericho people knew about how awesome God was when he brought his people out of Egypt. So this is a song that they're singing about how great God is. And it's one that's going to be sung for generations and generations. And then the chapter kind of ends in an interesting way. They, uh, they find this water at this place called Mara, But the Bible says that the water is bitter. And the people actually are complaining and they're grumbling like, God, why did you just bring us out here? And they're complaining. And so Moses uh, or the Lord shows Moses, it's kind of a weird, but he shows him a log and says, throw this log into the water. And so Moses threw the log into the water and the water became sweet. And so God did not provide bitter water for his people, but he provided sweet water. And the Lord says something pretty amazing at the end of this chapter. He says this, he says, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord, your God, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. I love what's happening here. As God says, I've saved you. I've brought you out of Egypt. And now, if you listen to my voice, if you listen to my statutes, I'm going to give you the way to live. And God is basically telling them, if you live the way that I'm calling you to live, that's better than any way that you can possibly live on our own. And so with God as our Savior, here's what we're doing, and we do this as a Christian life now, is we are submitting to the truth and the reality that His way is greater than our way, that we were enslaved in our own way, that we were in bondage in our own way. But now Jesus is Lord. Jesus calls the shots. And so we are confessing together that, God, your word and your way is better than our way. And that's exactly what God tells the people here. We're going to see in the next few chapters as God is going to give them the law. Um, God's going to begin to set up how they should live. And he's telling them from the very get-go, he says, if you follow what I command, if you follow what I say, life will just simply be better. And I think we often get in the same problem as we try to live life in our own way. We try to live life um, by our own selfish ambition and motivations and all these things. And we try to live our life in that way. But what's amazing that God is saying here, if you follow my way, I promise it's better than your way. His way is better than our way. And I think the same is true today um, for us. And so, man, I'd encourage you, man, think about what God has done and sing. Think about what God has done and rejoice and reflect on the fact today that his way is simply put, it's better than your way. Thanks so much for listening. The Point is a ministry of First Baptist Church Indian Trail for high school students. We offer life groups every Sunday morning at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock. And we meet on Wednesday nights at 6.15. For more information, you can go to our church's website at fbcit.org.